on the case of the Sinister Second. Stand by for action. Let's go, men. Yes, it's Dick Tracy, protector of law and order. Before we listen to today's Dick Tracy adventure, can you imagine a baseball team winning a pennant and a World Series with a team batting average only a paltry 205? Well, that's just what happened back in 1906 when fielder Allison Jones was the playing manager of the Chicago White Sox. With that team, if a man walked, got to second on a sacrifice, then advanced on an infield out and scored on a long fly, it was considered a rally. One important asset the team possessed was the ability to run bases. In just that one season, the hitless wonders, as they were called, stole 209 bases. Of course, what made the team succeed, really, was teamwork. So the credit for their amazing record should go to Fielder Jones, the manager. Jones, who played center field, hit only 230, but his low average doesn't tell the whole story. He could do everything with a bat. Hit for distance, hit to all fields, he was an expert with a bunt. Full of fire, he frequently came all the way in from center field to argue with umpires when he thought they were wrong. Jones loved to win. It was his spirit and leadership that inspired those hitless wonders to become the championship baseball team of 1906. And now, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy and Pat Patton have been investigating a gambling racket. It seems that Wynn Payson Show, a gambler better known as Three-Way, who not only has been successful in naming the winners of several recent prize fights, but also has named the round in which the fight will end. And in effort to get to the bottom of this, Patton agrees to act as the second for Lefty Strait, a boxer who is soon to fight for the championship. Although virtually certain that Three-Way and his assistant Squeaky are working a racket together, neither Patton nor Tracy have been able to pin anything definite on them. As today's episode opens, Squeaky is on his way to report to the sinister Three-Way. All right, Squeaky. Come on in. What's all this mysterious business you mentioned on the phone? The latest communique from the fighting front. And before we go any farther, why aren't you still at Lefty's training camp? All in due time, good sir. And what I wanted to tell you of was the missing second, which suddenly turned up in good health yesterday. Huh? Uh, it seems that he was sojourning with some native redmen, a story which I won't bore you with at this juncture. Well, what story are you going to bore me with? What? Good old three-way, always bantering a quip. But to get down to cases, this missing second, one Pat Patrick by name, suddenly turns up. And you know who it was that found him? Dick Tracy. Who else? Ah, that's right. It was Dick Tracy. But something about the deal didn't smell quite copacetic. I know. Tracy and this Patrick person seem too friendly to suit you. Hey, that's right. How could you possibly arrive at such a deduction? I suspected something like that all along. It was a little too neat. The way Tracy just happened to show up at Mother Patterson's as soon as this fake second disappeared. Yeah, but what does that do to our plans? That depends on how you answer my next question, which is, do you think Tracy suspects your part in the plan? Well, I don't think so. They were all very cordial at me, and Sharpie said he was going to send me a check for all the work which I'd done with Lefty. I see. So then you think it's safe to go ahead and put up more money? Oh, absolutely. The only reason I departed the homey atmosphere of Mother Patterson's was because, well, I thought I might say something to Tracy or to this Patrick character that might spill it. And who do you think of this Patrick person really is? Oh, probably some flatfoot. 
Oh, hey, you should have seen his face when I said I'd remember him to Tommy Thomas, which I expected to see shortly. You said that. Hell, I sure. I wanted to see how he'd react to such a remark. Squicker, you're a fool. Hey, you're awful free and easy with the insults, chum. I wonder how you'd look dead. Sit down, Squeaky. Sit down and try for once to act as if you had some intelligence. You know you haven't the guts to stand up to me, and I know it. So I kid ourselves. Well, like I said before, three-way, bravery gets you nowhere but dead. I don't stand up to no one, but a surprising number of people are pushing up daisies now at my request. There's several ways of doing it. I know. There might even be three ways. There'll always be at least one guess ahead of you. Now listen. I'm listening. When you made that old chosen remark to Patrick, he knew you'd find out that he was a phony. So? So we'll tell that fact to Sharpie, who undoubtedly is in on it. Then you may not be called a second when Patrick fails to show up. Yeah, well, I think there's one way out of that. Which is? We won't remove Patrick from the scene of action until immediately preceding the scrap. Then, when they notice which he's gone, it'll be too late to do anything but take me. Yes, that might be true. And uh, being as how I already work with Lefty, who could be an easier choice? Or when they see me sitting right back of his corner. They'll probably pick you all right. They'll probably watch every move. Tracy won't take his eyes off you during the entire fight. So which? With the system we use, the audience could be made up of nothing but FBI men. And they still wouldn't know why Lefty got the stuffing kicked out in a certain round. Uh, by the way, which rounds are going to be? Fifth. Lefty's so much better than Roundhouse Rogan, I think he may pull a KO and let it go any longer. Yeah, I think you're right. So what you worrying about? We're in. All right, Squeaky. I'll go ahead. I've got 50000 up so far. And I'd let it go by default if I thought they were onto us. But now I'll put up another 50000 And if all goes well... They pick you to act as second. I'll put up a hundred grand more at fight time. So remember, Squeaky, you'd better be right. With 200 G's riding, I couldn't be wrong. So now, what's the plan? We'll get to the auditorium early and go downstairs to the dressing rooms. Uh, I'm with you so far. Lefty and his crowd will get there early and go to his dressing room. Where a small note will be delivered to Mr. Pep Patrick, inviting him to join us in one of the empty rooms used by the prelim boys. Yeah, but what makes you so sure he'll accept the invite? From the way you've described him, he's probably a sentimental Irishman who'd risk his life rather than betray a lady's confidence. That uh, sounds like Pat, all right. I think if we send him a letter from a lady in distress, his chivalrous nature will force him to answer. Hey, hey, that's a good idea. And I know just a lady, too. An Indian doll which is named Bashful Buffalo. Good. If we word our note just right... It'll bring Mr. Patrick running and alone. Fortunately, chivalry is not entirely dead with some people. Well, tonight's the night, Patrick. We'll be leaving this inn for town in a few minutes. Yeah, and outside of this coal I caught here, I'm still in one piece. No, Richard, I don't think those gamblers are going to try anything. After they realize what kind of man they were dealing with, I think they just crawled back into their rat holes. Possible, but not at all probable. Pat, I contacted Moose the Muscle by phone, and he tells me that three-way is still betting heavily against Lefty. Furthermore, he's betting that it'll end in the fifth round. And you believe what Moose says? Ordinarily, no. Wouldn't believe what any bookie said. But in this case, they're as worried about three-way's winning habits as we are. Well, this is where his winning streak comes to an abrupt halt. With me in Lefty's corner, there's no possibility of any dirty work. If you're in his corner... Don't forget that that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, they have to get up early in the morning to fool Pat Patton. And uh, speaking of getting up early in the morning, has anybody seen Battling Bulge? 
He was up and gone by the time I got up this morning. No, he's probably mooning around somewhere with Bashful Buffalo. I haven't seen her around the inn either. Ah, good morning, gentlemen. Oh, hello there, Lefty. We were just discussing your lovesick sparring mate. Oh. Pat says he got up very early this morning and disappeared. Yeah, no. He left a note. Well, I wish him all the luck in the world. Oh, now, don't tell me he's gone and taken a plunge. I'm afraid he has, Pat. Listen to this note which he shoved under my door. Mm-hmm. Dear pal Lefty, please understand what I'm writing at you because I found the biggest thing in my life. <laughs> Bashful Buffalo is the biggest thing in anyone's life. <laughs> I've done a lot of bumming around and never took nothing serious, but now it's different. Bashful Buffalo is going to manage me into a big-time fighter, and in return, I'm going to learn her English. This should have interesting results. <laughs> I know you ain't going to spar no more before the fight, so I'm leaving. But we'll be at the ring tonight rooting. Me and the little woman. Uh, little woman, indeed. P.S. I guess I forgot to say we was getting married today. Signed by hand, Battling Bulge. Well, what do you know? Who would ever have thought that out of all this business of gamblers and killings and such, romance would bloom? Mm. And such a romance. Yes, I don't know when I've seen a more perfectly matched couple. That poor old bat, he's such a bashful, Joe. I don't see how he ever got up enough nerve to propose. He probably didn't, Lefty. <clears throat> the lady in question isn't the type to stand on ceremony. <laughs> Well, we'll have to have a big party for him after the fight tonight. Celebrating their wedding and my winning the championship. You're pretty sure about winning, aren't you? Oh, Mr. Tracy, I've never been in better shape in my life. See, I've studied Roundhouse Rogan, both at the ring and in pictures. And if there ever was a fighter that I could beat that was just made for my style, it's Roundhouse Rogan. I'll win, all right. I hope you're not underestimating one small item. You mean three-way? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think we have anything to worry about from him. When Squeaky went back to town, I think they pulled in their horns and gave up. Well, I hope you're right, but we've all got to be on the alert. Ah, oh, relax, Mr. Tracy. Why, with Pat here in my corner, how can I possibly lose? Boy, you can't. <laughs> Richard here's one of the biggest crepe hangers in the business. <laughs> well, he can fold it up and save it for another time. I... Oh, there's Sharpie looking for me, so I'll be leaving now. And don't worry, Mr. Tracy. I'll win that fight. See you later. Okay. I hope so, Lefty. Say, Dick, why didn't you tell him that three-way was still betting heavily against him? I didn't want him to be fighting under too big a handicap. After all, Pat, just having you as his second is enough. Now, just a minute, Richard. When I get into that arena tonight, everything's going to be under control. As I said before, you've got to get up early in the morning to fool Pat Patton. Yes, sir, very early in the morning. Well, Pat, how do you feel making your debut as a fight second? Oh, fine, fine, great. I can hardly wait for that first round bell to be in there punching. <laughs> you better leave that end of it to me. Just keep an eye peel for those gamblers that Tracy's so worried about and leave everything else to me. Uh, where is Tracy, by the way? Well, he went upstairs to make a phone call at headquarters. Right. He'll be right back. Tommy, one of you gents, Pat Patrick? Yeah, that's right. I got a note for you. Here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, now, if that isn't cute. Uh, Lefty, I'll be back in a minute. Oh, what is it, Pat? It's a note from Bashful Buffalo. She and Battling Burge want to tell me something. Well, look, don't you think somebody ought to go with you? Well, no, she asked that I come alone. And that Pat never refused the lady's request. In a moment, we'll return to Dick Tracy. But first... Some character dreamed up a new title for Don McNeil, MC of the popular ABC morning show, The Breakfast Club. Said title being... Quote, man with the warmest voice in radio. Well, it seems to be a scientific fact. Don McNeil won a test lately that some scientists in Hollywood had invented. They developed an instrument which converted vocal sounds into electric impulses, and that in turn heated a copper wire, and this invention could determine who had the warmest voice in radio. Well, they took a record of McNeil's voice. His vocal effort sent the thermometer way up to 138 degrees. 
far away from the voices of the other top 14 radio personalities who were tested. Well, this probably comes as no great surprise to the millions of McNeil fans who take their toast and coffee every morning with the Breakfast Club gang. They know Don's warm voice and personality because everything sets them in the right mood for the rest of the day. Breakfast Club's been a nationwide listening habit for 13 years. Fran Allison, Sam Cowling contribute to the fun. So for a fun-filled morning, tune in the Breakfast Club show tomorrow morning on most of these ABC stations. And now, back to Dick Tracy. Uh, I'm looking for... Say, what is this? Just step in and close the door, chum. You're much too smart a gent to argue with this air heater which I hold in my chubby fist. Well, it looks like Squeaky got up early enough in the morning to put Patton and Lefty behind a very deadly eight ball. Tune in tomorrow for The Adventures of Dick Tracy. Produced by Charles Powers, this is George Gunn speaking. When people hire a maid, they usually get a maid of all work. But if you were hiring Beulah, you'd be getting a maid of all shirk. Beulah's the star of the Wednesday Laugh Festival of the same name. Even though she isn't the best worker in the world, she more than makes up in laughs for her laziness. Beulah runs the Jones household. And she'll run away with your funny bone as she does. To add a couple of light touches to the goings-on, there's music with Buzz Adlam's orchestra and music in the vocal way by Penny Piper. So help yourself to a harvest of good humor with the Beulah Show tonight on most of these same ABC stations. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>